foundation of our faith is you can't do it on your own. Um, and that's not a message that people like. And so logically, I think the only reason that a faith like that can survive through 2000 years is because at our core, we know it's true. We see it in our everyday lives. It resounds. You know, we look at the world around us, the people around us, the relationships that we have, and it's broken. And we know that. This is Study with Friends, a weekly dive into the answers and questions we find in the Bible, in the church, and the broader Christian faith. I'm Paige, and this week we are talking with a new group of women about reasons to believe. This episode is part of a series. You can get the rest of the episodes, learn more about the guests in this series, about the resources we provide, and about the larger work that we are doing at studywithfriends.org. God, thank you for a beautiful day, for these beautiful women, uh, and for your beautiful gospel that we have been blessed to apprehend through different milestones in our lives so that you've brought us to this day and this point in our faith. Help us to articulate the reasons why we believe and honor your name. We ask it in your son's name and for his glory. Amen. So we're continuing the series Reasons to Believe, which is sort of a, mm, a second half to what we've been doing all year, which is talking about uh, things that cause us to either doubt or believe. So the first bit of our year, we were talking about a series that, that was called Dealing with Doubt. Go back and watch it if you'd like. Uh, we talk about some of the things that people around us or even that we um, have some doubts about. A big one was Jonah. Did he really get swallowed by a whale? Is that something we can believe? Um, and so this bit, uh, we're flipping it over a little bit. Instead of talking about the things that cause us to doubt, we're talking about the things that strengthen our faith in this series called Reasons to Believe. And so I'm excited to have each of you. I mean, I think this has been a great series because it actually gives me a little bit more... Um, insight into your testimony. I feel like I know you girls pretty well, but I love the stories of your testimony. And so we'll do introductions and then we'll get right in. I'll start with a couple of my reasons and then we'll let it out for you all to do your thing. Sound good? Okay. Who wants to start? I can start. (laughs) (laughs) I am Jan. Um, I've lived in Bucks County. I, uh, for about 25 years, grew up in Philly. I have two adult sons. I attend a Baptist church. Mm-hmm. Real simple. Okay, my <laughs> name is Rachel. I am from Philly, and um, I'm also a college student, um, not in Philly. And <laughs> <laughs> place else. And yeah, I'm almost done with that. And I go to a non-denominational church. I'm Kate, and I'm also a college student, and I'm from the Bucks County area, and um, I attend a non-denominational church. And I'm Holly. Everybody already knows me, (laughs) so I won't waste time with introduction. (laughs) So we're talking about reasons to believe. Last recording, I shared um, that really, I know it sounds maybe trite to some people, but after doing a lot of work in understanding the things that I had doubts about or the things that people brought to me that they had doubts about that I couldn't deal with, which I didn't like. I didn't like not having an answer 
for why I believed what I believed. So for probably 20 years, I just spent a lot of time in reading books and listening to podcasts and watching YouTube videos of people who really could defend and articulate the faith better than I could, um, which I highly recommend. <laughs> but after all that, at the end of the day, I really would say the core reason that I feel that our faith is reasonable is because of the resurrection. And I talked about that a little bit on the last recording, that the resurrection is testable, um, that it is uh, attested to by lots of sources inside and outside of the Bible. And so for me, because Jesus rose from the dead, that certifies everything that he said before he died. And that for me is the, I want to say cornerstone, <laughs> which is what the Bible calls Jesus, that that is really the foundation for me to go back and look at the entire Bible as truth, um, all the prophecy as truth, because his words would have passed away if he hadn't risen from the dead. His life would have passed away. Um, he would not have been noticed. He would have been one among many at that time who claimed to be a Messiah. And so because he raised from the dead, it really testifies to everything else that happened before uh, he came and all the things that he said and all the ways that he quoted the Old Testament. And so for me, that really helps me to um, piece together this puzzle of our faith and how all of it fits. Um, but, but building on that, I wanted to say a couple other things about God's word. So for me, another really strong, there's two really strong testimonies that I think are worth just mentioning in passing. One, and they really, they really affirm my belief in our faith and in the Bible. The first one is um, logic. Um, and that, what I mean by that is, if you were going to start a faith, it seems to me illogical to start a faith that the foundational message was everyone is bad. <laughs> that right. doesn't feel like a balloon that's going to float for very long, right? And so um, that sin is so real and that it's so entrenched in us. I mean, that is not a positive message. You know, you go into Barnes & Noble and there's this whole self-help and it, one of the core messages of self-help books is you can do it. You've got it. You have it in you. You get, you know, just dig deep or breathe better or whatever. And so, but, but this self-help, and the foundation of our faith is you can't do it on your own. Um, and that's not a message that people like. And so logically, I think the only reason that a faith like that can survive through 2,000 years is because at our core, we know it's true. We see it in our everyday lives. We, we lay our head down at night and feel the density of our own failures that day and it resounds. You know, we look at the world around us, the people around us, the relationships that we have, and it's broken, and we know that. And so we don't talk a lot about that as far as why we believe in our faith. It's just something for us that have been doing it for such a long time. It's just sort of baked in. But when you take it, pull that one piece out in isolation, it actually is a, a great affirmation why this faith stands the test of time it resounds in our spirit as true. 
Um, and then the other bit of logic that I think we can apply to our faith that is a testimony is um, the unity of the Bible. So 40 different writers, three different languages, all different life scenarios, kings and shepherds, and, and yet this Bible has a very unified theme. Everything about the construction of it would dictate that it was disconnected, disunified, but it's super unified. And so for me, that speaks to divine authorship. And so I, I could talk all day about both of those things, but those are sort of my brainiac like moments that, that again, we don't sit in the pews and talk much about that stuff. And, but if you take it out of the context of your whole faith experience and you just look at that one thing, it makes sense. And it gives, it gives me, for my personality, which is always questioning and always skeptical, and why did that happen and how did that happen? For me, it gives me a lot of great reasons to know that I'm not just drinking the Kool-Aid, that there's, there's something real here. And um, like I said, for a long, long time, I really needed to challenge my faith and, and hear those things. And these are things for me that have been impactful. That's not to say that I know these are thinky things. It's not to say that I haven't had hard experiences. I have. I've shared those in dribs and drabs throughout the entire course of this ministry. So I hope that nobody thinks that I'm just thinking about my faith. I'm feeling my faith. But I'm a person who needs to also know that this faith stands up to thinking. Um, and I love those little nuggets that, that remind me that it, it, it really does. So that, that's my little that's my little moment of why, why I believe. I, I, I get to be here all the time, so I'll drip those out of, uh, on the next series as well. But is that impa- are those things impactful for you guys, Absolutely. or are you just like, uh, that's not really what scratches the itch mm. for me? Absolutely. Oh, I, mean, I agree, um, especially, like, something that's been impo- impactful for me is, like, knowing all those things, and I've also, like, watched a lot of YouTube videos, like, read books and stuff like that, and um, that was something that was important for me. And like, I remember I watched the movie like Case for Christ, mm-hmm, you know what that mm-hmm. is? and it, that's kind of what like sparked that for me. And I was yeah. like, I need to know more. And like now, that definitely is something that I go back to if I ever have like doubts or anything. Yeah. Can I ask you a question about that? Did you feel like you had to really dig in because you're a pastor's kid and you wanted to just have it as mm. your own thing? Or did you feel like it was just something that was a natural course of your faith maturity? Um, no, I I think it was more just for me. Like I, I kind of already knew some of the stuff like growing up because I am a pastor's kid. Um, but like I guess it, it was like I needed that for me and mm-hmm. like to actually be able to like resonate in my head, not just because like, oh, m- well, my parents believe it. So, you know, right. I should believe it, too. They, right. I, I trust them. Um, so that was something that I, like, you know, I wanted to know for myself, especially like if I'm talking to someone who's a non-believer or something, being able to give an argument to it, yes. like his- historically and scientifically, I believe it as well. Like not just because I feel it, you know, yeah, it's doubly, feel it. it's doubly uncomfortable if you can't answer somebody's question because mm-hmm. you feel like you failed that moment mm-hmm. in them. And then you also go back and you're like, Hey, now, wait a minute. Why can't I answer that question? Um, I think it is a natural course of a lot of people's f- faith, their maturity to start to ask the harder questions, you know, and unpack some of the things that don't feel like they make sense. Um, even in, in seminary, 
uh, I'm in seminary right now still. Um, and there's stuff that just this class that I'm in right now, the professor just hit it head on. And I was like, oh, he's going for it. Like those questions that everybody's like, you know what? Let's just glove. <laughs> let's just not. Or let's just call it. Let's just. And he was like, don't just say it takes faith. It's faith. Like there are there are things we need to unpack. There are difficult conversations we need to have. And he was really kind of aggressive about it. And I was like, okay, King, you go <laughs> ahead and get that. Uh, but I was glad to have somebody who who continued to help me grow. Because you know there are a lot of conversations that we just kind of skirt by hard pieces of the Bible that we just or hard pieces of theology that we just are like, look, we don't understand it all, and that's okay. It's okay to land and say, I don't understand exactly the mystery of the Trinity. That's okay. But it doesn't mean you shouldn't examine it and try and listen to people who are smarter and have thought longer about it than you have. And and so I, I do think that there's a sort of a journey where most people will hit a question like this or several questions like this. Um, so I was interested to hear like which intersection you felt like it, it arrived at. That's good. Okay. Do you guys want to tell me your your reasons? Go ahead, girl. Well, I um, <laughs> she's smiling. She's ready. <laughs> no, no, it's um when I first when you first sent the assignment out, and um I was getting I was remembering all these things that had happened and my own personal testimonies, and then I had the occasion to read Hannah again, and. Hannah, although that was not the first time I read it, it just lit up. Mm. And there were so many takeaways here. I've got all these notes. I love it. Do it. I, I, there were so many takeaways from her story that all of the testimonies that I've heard from other people and all of my personal testimonies now looked... Um, it legitimized mm. everything. So wait, are you saying there was a sameness, sort of a thread that ran through all of them? That okay. ran through mm -hmm. that the faith um, that I have, even before I look, visited Hannah again, um, and almost, in a way I almost stumbled into it mm. where, where uh, many years ago something happened and it was like the worst thing that ever happened to me. And um, I was felt broken in a thousand pieces, and I ain't broken no more. Mm -hmm. That's my good English. I ain't <laughs> broken no more. <laughs> I love it. It's impactful. <laughs> but, but to get there, um, I remember uh, throwing my hands in the air. Says I have no idea what I'm doing here. I I don't know whether to go left, whether to go right. I, 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 and I was, I had come to the end of myself. Mm -hmm. I didn't know that then, but I know what it was then. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't until then, that moment, that I knew I had any peace. Because I knew, like you were saying earlier, how you know, you know, that he, you know where your help's coming from, and it's not you. Mm -hmm. So... When I, that was going to be the centerpiece of my whole conversation mm -hmm, today, right? Mm -hmm. Until I read Hannah. And um, 
a lot's going on with Hannah. Do you know Hannah had a big problem? She was barren. And she was being harassed, let's say, mm -hmm. by the other wife who had children. And, you know, she, she was barren. Bar being barren wasn't a good thing during those times, you know, because you were all about that was why you were even on earth as far as they were concerned, mm -hmm. to, to give birth. Other than that, they considered you pretty useless. So she, I, I, I watched how Hannah just kept praying her way through. I wrote stuff down. So it was just so much going on here. It didn't pay attention to that at first. She just prayed her way through, just kept praying. And she wept and she prayed and she wept and she prayed and she wept. And I thought, okay. So she, she stayed the course and she kept going to the temple. And then uh remember the part where the um, even the priest thought that she was drunk mm. because she was weeping bitterly, you know, and the priest thought so Hannah also taught me you can't pay attention to the voices around you. Mm. You know, because even the priest thought she was drunk and she's being ridiculed by the other wife and the whole bit. And then um, she makes this promise. So there's another lesson because she ended up keeping her promise. And it had to be very difficult to keep that promise. I think about that too. She made a promise to give her child back to the Lord. And she did exactly that. So another lesson Hannah taught me, taught me was don't make promises you can't keep. Be real careful what you promise. Mm -hmm. Don't make promises you can't keep. And then um, when she did, when, she, when, the, when the priest said to her that uh, to go in peace and that the Lord is going to grant you what it is, mm -hmm. and she believed it. Mm -hmm. You know, so lesson number three, Hannah. Hannah, when the Lord speaks into your life and you recognize him, um, believe him and behave accordingly mm -hmm. because what she did, she... Um, she went on as if it was already done. Mm -hmm. I, she had stopped eating. She was so distraught. Oh, that she started eating. You know, she went, she lay with her husband, mm -hmm. you know, and then here comes Samuel. Mm -hmm. So, and then she took Samuel back. Then um, I'm jumping over a lot of pieces, but then uh, I also looked at Hannah's prayer, and um, at my last Bible study, we talked about this prayer where she just glorifies the Lord. It just talks about how great he is and how sovereign he is. Mm -hmm. And the question was asked, what did she not talk about in that prayer? She never once mentioned Samuel. Mm -hmm. She never once mentioned the son because the prayer was about God. It was not about the blessing. It was about how great he was. So there's lesson number four. It's like she never lost focus on where her healing was coming from. Mm -hmm. So um, the big lesson for everybody with Hannah's story is because um, we all experience some kind of barrenness. We all experience some kind of barrenness about mm -hmm. something, you know, whether it's you lose a job, or you lose a loved one, you lose marriage, you lose a whatever. 
that Hannah is telling you what to do. She is telling you what to do. What did the Lord do for Hannah? She ended up with a house full of kids. She went from barren to a bunch of kids. Mm -hmm. Who could do that for her but the Lord? So when you, once you get Hannah's story under your belt, then you start looking at all your stories a little different. You know, and then it changes the way you study all the stories in the Bible. So what I'm hearing you say is that, by the way, that was a great mini lesson. I was totally swept up. I was like, wait, I'm supposed to be teaching something. She's teaching. <laughs> um, <laughs> that, that was really good. She was like, four quick, four quick lessons she from Hannah. Preaching. <laughs> she was preaching. She did a good job. What I'm hearing you say is that you find deep and wide reasons that affirm your faith and your right now life experience in the words of the Bible. Mm. And so it's interesting because nobody, I don't think, maybe I'm forgetting, I don't want to besmirch the other people that participated in this so far, but we weren't really talking about, oh, this, these stories from the Bible, these testimonies from the Bible are part of my reasons to believe and the reason okay i'm gonna say reason a lot of times the cause for that um i think is if you don't fundamentally believe that the bible is true then taking those stories as real life stories and stories that testimonies i don't like to say stories because it makes it sound fictional testimonies that can impact your life it's there's it's a two-step process right you have to believe that 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 the book holds truth um and it's interesting because one of the things i there were several prompts i sent an email out with prompts to help you because i love a good prompt like t I, don't don't just leave me to my own devices give me like elaine um one of the prompts was testimony of people around you. What I love that you did is you treat the people in that Bible as people in your life, teaching you something and affirming your own testimony. And it is really interesting if you open yourself up to reading the Bible in that way, what you said at the very beginning of your time, there is a thread of truth that resounds with your own personal experience, which is something special because Hannah lived thousands of years ago and to have a thread that feels very common to what you're experiencing right now in an extremely different time and place on the planet um there's something to that yeah it's the same God it is the same God same God he did it for Hannah why wouldn't he do it for you or you why wouldn't he see mm. It's <laughs> <laughs> good. Hi again, it's Paige. Thanks again for joining us in our study today. We hope that you found some great truths to apply to your life and encouragement for your faith as you continue to mature in your walk with Jesus. We here at Study with Friends are modeled more like a small group. We want to encourage you to continue your growth through the local church. If you don't have a church home, we encourage you to find one where the Bible is taught in every situation. Study with Friends is a completely donor-supported ministry, and if we have blessed you, would you consider donating to us? Monthly partnerships are particularly helpful, but no amount is too small. 
We'd also love to stay connected. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. You can stream us on the go wherever you are with iTunes, Spotify, or Stitcher. And now you can watch the ladies on YouTube. If all that seems to be a bit too much for you, feel free to email us. You can find our email address on our website, studywithfriends.org. While you're there, you can check out a myriad of other resources we have that are all free for you. We hope you have a great week and we'll see you next time when we study with friends.